Hello, everybody, and welcome to the We Ship It podcast. Here, we talk about our favorite and not-so-favorite literary, TV, and movie couples of all time. Yes, today we're going to be discussing the short book Washington Square by Henry James. This is a great read. Well, at least for me. I don't know what Devin thought. (laughs) Uh, But I remember really enjoying the in-depth personal analysis while I was in college reading this. Um, But even more so, this bizarre love story between Morris and Catherine. Do we ship it? Listen to find out. Hey, I'm Devin. And I'm Steph. And welcome to our Washington Square episode. Yes, I'm excited to see what Devin thinks of this kind of short, kind of weird tale about Catherine and Morris, along with some other meddlesome characters like Lavinia ugh, and Dr. Slipper. <laughs> but it is short, but it's chock full of interesting commentary. It really is, though. Um, I love the personal, like... It is shorter of a novel, um, even though it's still like 30-something chapters or whatnot. But um, he is able to craft such intricate characters in such a short amount of time. So I think that's really cool. Um, And as with every podcast, we want to give a brief spoiler alert. So if you haven't read Washington Square, we will be going into plot details. So there you go. And with that, here's our brief summary. Catherine Sloper lives in Washington Square, New York with her father, Dr. Sloper, and her aunt Lavinia. The two are quite at odds. Uh, You know, Dr. Sloper not really thinking much of his sister Lavinia and Lavinia the same. They're quite different people. Catherine kind of just lives as like a quiet kind of mousy person who loves her father. Um, She lost her mother at a young age. And what's interesting that we find out right at the beginning is her father does not really love her, but he doesn't seek to show her his feelings either. He just, he's kind of good to her at first, but he kind of like has these feelings within him that are not great about her. Catherine, however, seeks always to please her father. Then she meets Mr. Morris Townsend and she falls in love with him. Uh, Dr. Sloop Sloper, <laughs> I can't speak right now. <laughs> Dr. Sloper. Uh, Dr. Sloper disapproves of this engagement and goes to great lengths to let her know that he will never support their marriage. He's manipulative and weird about it the whole time. Um, Catherine tries to wait and please both her father and Morris. Um, and Aunt Lavinia makes trouble and tries to help them elope at one point. It's a whole weird thing. But eventually it becomes clear Morris is actually seeking money and he breaks off the engagement. Catherine is, of course, in misery. But when she comes out of it, she vows never to marry and becomes like a hardworking and charitable woman. And she lives on. Later in life, after Dr. Sloper dies, Morris comes back and asks her to marry him. And in a really powerful move, she declines and Morris stalks off mad. And that is how the book ends. Now, that is a powerful ending for a very interesting story. So with that, let us move Let's to our get first question. Going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Devin, how has the loss of her mother affected not only the life Catherine must now lead, but also her father's? So for Catherine... um, 
she had no feminine model in her life. Um, I mean, yeah, sure, she had her crazy Aunt Lavinia, um, but that's not until years later, um, when she's, I think, like 12 or something like that. Um, she misses a mother for fundamental years of her life, like years that help create a person. Um, and she also has no concept of what healthy love is because she never saw her parents show any kind of love, whether it be healthy or unhealthy. It's not a part of her life. Her father also does not partake in seeking a new companion. And Lavinia has these absurd perceptions of love and the fancy of it. So she never gets to see a real concept of what love is, especially because her father doesn't give her much love anyways. Um, Mm -hmm. For Dr. Sloper, he now lives a life of guilt. Not only was he not able to save his firstborn son, but now he has lost the love of Mm -hmm. his life. So to put yourself in his shoes for a moment, I mean, I would be devastated. And he wrongfully places the blame on his own shoulders. He essentially shuns himself Mm -hmm. away from the world, uprooting his life to move into this new place on Washington Square. Um, I think he also loses himself in losing his wife. He in turn thinks more critically of Catherine. He directs his pain at her. Um, In the novel, um, James writes... Quote, Dr. Sloper would have liked to be proud of his daughter, but there was nothing to be proud of in poor Catherine. There was nothing, of course, to be ashamed of, but this was not enough for the doctor, who was a proud man and would have mm-hmm. enjoyed being able to think of his daughter as an unusual girl. End quote. So he immediately expects more of her and thus crushes mm-hmm. Catherine's spirits because she so desperately wants to please him. Like, Throughout the entirety of the book, he, she just wants to please her father and make him happy. It's so toxic. And it's, it's, it's such a vicious cycle. It's so toxic, like you said. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. And you know what I find interesting before I go into my yeah. answer? The, the thing I love about this book is that you never know whose thoughts you're getting. Sometimes you seem to be getting like an outer right. person's perspective. Sometimes you're getting Dr. Sloper's Correct. thoughts. Sometimes you're getting Catherine. And I even like... I was like, who is this narrator? Because he seems to know them so yeah. personally, but also, like, he was almost a part of it, but he wasn't. Like, you n- you never mm-hmm. found out who the narrator really was. But it was really cool to see, like, how he was able to be a part of the story and have, like, mm-hmm. thoughts pulled from these characters as well. So, I thought it was cool. Yeah, I, I don't know who it is. I've heard some people say that they think it's her mother. Oh. But I, at the same time, I don't really find much evidence for that. I just think it's interesting that you get both someone's inner feelings and then how they perceive it mm-hmm, outwardly mm-hmm. as well. Because typically you get one or the other. Right. Um, but either way, as far as the loss of her mother, first of all, you know, Catherine is forced to obsess over winning her father's approval, like you said. It's something that runs her entire life, and I think it makes her who she it's is. So it makes hard her to see. kind of pathetic at first. Yeah. And then, not only that, her father can never show her true compassion because she's overshadowed by his love of her mother, who's gone now. She she constantly is being compared in his mind. You know, her mother was this perf- this perfect being, basically the only thing he claims that he could ever love. Mm. And the concept of her, at she's least. not like her. Yeah, and it's constantly brought up that like she's not like her mother. So there's just there's a lot missing in this relationship, and I think it really sets her up for failure in her future relationships too. No, I agree. Um, and with that, we're moving forward. So Dr. Sloper and Aunt Lavinia Penniman. Oh. Is it Pennyman? 
the worst characters ever. <laughs> but yes, Penman, I think. Are both widowers, um, but with yep. different perceptions of love. So how can this be, and are either of them right? No. <laughs> they both suck. They're, they're two <laughs> ends of the extremes, okay? I think Dr. Sloper is hardened to love. Lavinia is absolutely mad for a passionate fake kind of love. So they're on two opposite spectrums. I think Dr. Sloper's wife was too amazing and he believed he would never find another like her. And Lavinia was actually left with more wanting because her husband was a clergyman mm. and he was not passionate. He was not a passionate right. lover to her. So she always embellishes in her mind what she thinks love is because she never had that. And on the other hand, Dr. Sloper never gave anyone else the real benefit of the doubt because he already had love and it's gone. Right. So that's something that I see in both of them and neither of them are particularly forgiving people and neither of them are particularly <laughs> loving people in in reality. So what no, do you think? No, but you're Kevin? right. Like they are on opposite sides of the spectrum. They're complete yeah. opposites. Um, Lavinia is this romantic and sentimental and she loves secrets and mysteries and oh it's even like weird the relationship that she forms with Morris like she's an imbecile she, it's like the, and it's, Morris even it's hates like her it's like this love <laughs> relationship but it's but then the, the narrator kind of describes it as like this mother to son really like it was just weird like it was so it weird. is weird I wonder if there was an affair there oh my honestly. gosh anyways whereas the doctor is anything but while she was left a childless widow at 33 Lavinia didn't lose her frivolity and love for well, love, of course. Um, albeit, her view of love is quite out there. <laughs> but it's mm -hmm. inspiring to see her still believe in something, even when she doesn't have it herself. Like, I think that is cool. Like, she's still in love. Um, she still has this passion for love and that it can be a part of someone's life, even after um, going through some tragedy or something. Yeah, um, I, I think if she married a more exciting person, she'd have been less annoyed. Probably, honestly. <laughs> um, but. but I think <laughs> I think people can react differently to traumatic situations. Um, some close mm -hmm. doors and and become shelled in like the doctor, or embrace the pain and beauty of life. And I don't think there's a right answer here. Everyone has the right to cope with tragedy, however they find it. Yet I will say, being an optimist myself, that not everything in life will go perfect. It won't. Yet, it's how we persist after the bumps that make life more beautiful. So, Very true. I'm snapping for you, Devin. That was beautiful. Um, but yeah, next question. Mm -hmm. Is Dr. Sloper's perception of his daughter, Catherine, too harsh or is he being realistic? Oh, man. This dude does not have a filter. He doesn't. Uh, At least his mind doesn't. No. So, I mean, like, this is your only beloved daughter, and you are constant, constantly putting her down. While she yep. might not be the most dynamic or most attractive, you don't have to come right out and say it, man. Like, come on. I think he's a realistic thinker. Um, I mean, he has to be for being a doctor for his profession. He's precise, and he processes things on an analytical manner but not your daughter. You're not supposed to criticize your daughter like that. I know. Uh, like, listen to this. Um, so, quote, Catherine is not unmarriageable, but she is absolutely unattractive. What? Isn't that horrible? <laughs> <laughs> From your own father? Like, what the frick? Oh uh, I'll continue. What other reason is there for Lavinia being so charmed with the idea that there is a lover 
in the house. And he goes on to say, they, young New York men, prefer pretty girls, lively girls, girls like your own. However, Catherine is neither pretty nor lively. Uh. <laughs> Just like, ah, uh, you're talking. And I don't remember who he's talking to in this, whether it's Mrs. Almond <laughs> or whoever, but like, you don't go around talking to people about your daughter like this. No, no, you don't. This dude is far too harsh. I mean, we can see throughout the entire story that people do, in fact, value Catherine. Mrs. Almond, for example, always reminds us that there are little things that he's too harsh about his daughter, his only daughter, about. But he is too blinded by his own dang biases to see Catherine for what she is. I think she is one of the most reserved, honest, and reflective individuals I've ever read as a character in a story. I think she's true to herself. She means everything she says, which makes her completely like she always thinks before she speaks sort of thing. And, and she doesn't embellish things in a negative way. She's beautiful for who she is and her dad is just i want to punch that guy right in the face every time he thinks or says anything about that girl what i think is so interesting is that like in a in this in a normal situation like this i think it would be flipped i feel like the father would have more appreciation for his daughter after going through the tragedy like i i feel Mm -hmm. like he would boost only boost her up more and have her be like this um big-headed little girl but no he like tears her down i'm just like oh man that's so destructive um but i i said enough we're gonna move on (laughs) yes (laughs) Um, is Catherine just naive or is she right to fall head over heels for morris I don't want to say that she's naive. I really don't. She she clearly trusted him a little bit too much, but I think it's in her nature to trust, and it continues to be in her nature to trust. I think that she deserved so much better than Morris, that's clear. But I also think at her age, he gave her a lot of reasons for her to trust her. Maybe there were warning signs. Definitely there were warning signs. <laughs> but Red I feel flag. like she's just, she's not, yeah, she's not a naive person. Like, I just, I have so much respect for her. I don't want to call her naive. Maybe she's just oblivious, which I guess could just be construed (laughs) as naive. I don't know. It just makes me really sad because overall, I do think there was something there. I mean, he spouts off and tells people that she was the great love of his life in the end Mm -hmm. and all of these things. But he was, he was clearly like just going for her money. I I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about this. She obviously wasn't right to fall head over heels for him, but I don't think she was stupid either. What do you think? So I have mixed feelings, but I disagree with you in the sense that I think that she is definitely naive. Um, She doesn't have experience. Like she doesn't have experience with love or even talking to people about love. Um, She's never felt it before. So she's brand new to all of this. And she is hopelessly in love with this dude, and she can't see through his charm. Um, I mean, think about it. You're an older in age than than most young women, and an attractive guy comes up to you and starts flirting. Of course you're going to feel loved and special and yada, yada, yada. You're going to get swept up in it all. I mean, the text even reads, and this is a quote, There was a smile of respectful devotion in his handsome eyes, which seemed to Catherine almost solemnly beautiful. It made her think of a young knight in a poem, end quote. Like she got, she got hit so hard. It's, she's utterly stunned by this dude. So 
I think she was naive in the sense that she it's a new battlefield for her. She's never experienced this kind mm-hmm. of stuff before. So I think I, I do it. I, although like I, I know your opinion and that kind of thing. Like I appreciate that. But I think she was naive at the very beginning. <laughs> I think you've changed my opinion. Ooh. <laughs> I just don't like the word naive. Like I'll agree. Yes, that's what she was. She was ignorant of a, a terrible person's mm-hmm. motive. But she seemed like such a mature young woman. That's why I hate I, using I do the give word it to naive. Because I think she was able to process some things. But I think in another mm-hmm. manner, she wasn't able to process this kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So maybe, yes, she was naive. I just don't like to give her that title. But moving on, Devin. But you're, okay, never mind. Number five, quote, but your daughter doesn't marry a category, Townsend urged with his handsome smile. She marries an individual, an individual whom she is so good to say she loves, an individual who offers little in return. Is it possible to offer more than the most tender affection and lifelong devotion, the young man demanded? Who is right? And should Dr. Sloper have suspicions about Morris? So this is in a moment <laughs> where they're arguing back and right. forth. Um and yeah, what do you think, Devin? So I think one of a one of a many father's missions in life is to make sure that the man his daughter marries will treat her right. And to hear these words of offering the most tender affection and lifelong devotion should be a weight removed from his shoulders. Like it's sh- like that's just how it should be. So in a sense, I get what Morris is saying. However, the doctor is in the right by asking, like, what do you bring to the table? You have no job, yep. no aspirations. So why would I hand my daughter over to you when you have nothing for her? It's honestly a very protective moment for the doctor and one that I give him credit for. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily give him credit for all the moments that he makes, but that one I, I, I do like. He's like, you offer so little. Like, why? <laughs> why would he wins that battle? Yeah, for Dr. Sure. Sloper wins that battle. Um, so while this father has done so many wrongful things in the past, this is one thing he doesn't mess up. So I, I applaud him for that. What about you? I yeah, I think the doctor has every right to be suspicious of this guy because obviously he is mercenary in what he's trying to do. Uh, but what I think is interesting about this scene, because Dr. Sloper does win this battle, but overall, I don't think Dr. Sloper should be fighting battles because he seems to treat all life like a battle. But that's <laughs> not the point. Anyway, this scene is so interesting to me because I think here Morris is trying to barter with Dr. Sloper. Dr. Sloper Mm -hmm. is saying, I'm concerned about this relationship. But what Morris is saying is he's saying, so who cares? Like he never says, I love her, so I should marry her. He basically says, isn't it possible that she could, I could offer her a lifetime of devotion and she could in return pay me? He's essentially offering, (laughs) he's essentially... (laughs) He essentially sees his devotion to her as a job at this mm-hmm. point. He he morally believes that this is okay. He believes that he's, yes, he's seeking her money in reward for giving her affection. He's offering her his comfort and essentially his just being there as a husband figure. 
has reason enough to marry her and get paid to do so. However, Dr. Sloper, even though he's terrible and not in it for the right reasons, is rightly against him in this Mm -hmm. moment. Um, And I I do enjoy their little banter and how Dr. Sloper is just sort of like smiling at him the whole time (laughs) and being genteel. I'm like, yes, Dr. Sloper. But then like the next scene, I hate him again. So, But that's just my thoughts about it. I think it's funny because I think Morris recognizes that Dr. Sloper knows that he... He is just in it for the money. And he's like, so what's the big deal right. in this moment? <laughs> All right. Should Dr. Sloper give Morris the benefit of the doubt? Offer him a second chance at a happy life? No, he should not. Okay. <laughs> he should. Here's the thing that he should do. He should leave the decision to Catherine. The girl's 21 after all, and she can make her own mistakes. Okay. Even though he gives her her liberty quote-unquote liberty he pushes her into corners and he manipulates her so she feels like she can't choose to marry morris which ultimately was helpful Mm -hmm. to her in the end but i i also think she's old enough to make her own mistakes and i I think he owes morris absolutely nothing but he owes Catherine everything um so that's that's where i fall on it what about you what do you think so this question i contemplated throughout most of the text Uh, well not most of it but like the good portion beginning of it um there were moments that i was like yeah get this creep away from her and there are others where i was really i just really questioned morris's intentions and whether dr Mm. sloper was giving this guy too hard of a time i questioned it too i was like Mm -hmm. maybe he like he doesn't know him he doesn't know his character or his background so in some sense he's right to question him and put up his defenses but in another sense you also need to allow yourself to have an open mind about him as well like get to know the dude and he doesn't go go to his investigation that kind of thing but the moment he like talks to him he doesn't try to even get to know him as a person and not just like what he's trying to do like or thinks that he's trying to do um so morris is looking for a second chance at life here he was reckless and stupid but now he's looking forward to creating a new a new life so i don't know um in the end um i do think morris was only in it for the the money um but I don't know. Just at the beginning, I just questioned him so much. Like, is he is he a right righteous man? Like, is he going to be a good man in the turn? Like, it was right. it was always that like it was in the back it was hard. Mind. But you know what moment I knew? You know what moment I yeah. knew he wasn't when his sister said, "Don't." Oh let yeah, him for marry sure. Him. Like when she when that she was broke the moment down, I was, was like, like, "Don't do it." <laughs> All right, yeah. Because that's when Doctor Sloper was like, from mother to parent, from parent to parent, like what's going on and she's like don't let her marry him i was like okay now we know who Mm -hmm. he is and then he started to get annoyed at lavinia and all this stuff and i was like okay clearly you're just a jerk right but i mean but who wouldn't get annoyed at lavinia to be oh my god anyway if i were morris i would have been out of there much sooner honestly (laughs) like that's not worth getting thirty thousand a year all right i'm out but yeah i'm outie all right next question what did Catherine gain at the cost of losing Morris? So Catherine's love life reminds me of a song. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 
Lose You to Love Me by Selena Gomez. I don't know. Yes! Oh my god! So in the song, Gomez talks about a past relationship and needing to break away from there in order to find her self-love again. Um, And it's the same thing happening here with Catherine. She finds her voice after Morris departs from her. She learns to stand up for herself, to make herself known. Um, And not put up with anyone's crap she becomes brave shout out to sarah Borellis. sorry for my music plugs but what can i say i love uh, <laughs> it i love it this new catherine is amazing to see come to life um she even becomes a role model for girls like yes go you like you didn't get it you had girl. nothing and you were able mm-hmm. to create something for other people like that is amazing right. to see yeah she goes from being afraid to wear a red satin dress and thinking about what other people are thinking right. about her to being this woman who can decline a man that she once loved mm-hmm. when he asks her to marry him because it's smarter for her. She gained self-respect that she did not have before. And that's priceless. And, you know, I love it. She was, after the whole situation, able to stand her ground and do what she wanted, not just against Morris, but against her freaking father. She said, I can't promise that. And Lavinia, she's like, all right, Lavinia, stop talking to Morris. Like, what are you doing? So the whole thing, she just, she learned how to be herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Morris wasn't that great anyway. He ended up being fat and bald. So she really <laughs> didn't lose out too much there. <laughs> so. Not wrong. Not wrong. Yeah. Uh, But moving forward, did Catherine make the right choice to not befriend Morris? Does he deserve her forgiveness? Yes, she freaking made the right choice. (laughs) I, you know, she did end up saying, you know, we're not enemies. But I think that's just Catherine's nature. I think it's her way to say we're not friends. Like, I think, you know, she's too good to hold a Mm -hmm. grudge. But I think she noticed that, you know, that whole thing where they say forgive people because it will unburden your heart rather than unburdening their heart. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that her cutting him off unburdened her her attachment to him. And so that means, of course, I think she made the right choice. He was too dangerous to her. She had feelings for him still. You can tell at the end she still did. Um, But, you know, he made her feel things that that, you know, he did not reciprocate himself. And so I, I cutting she, out that I think she was even surprised about important. the amount of feelings that she still had for him, like, yes. years later. Um, she was still, like, baffled about, like, oh, my gosh, I mm-hmm. still have... I still have something for him. Why do, why do I still have something for him? But she ultimately makes yes. the decision. So... Yeah, absolutely. Her life got so much better after Morris took off. Um, While it was painful to move on without him, she was so much better off with him gone. Um, You almost have to thank the dude for awakening this new Catherine. (laughs) I know, right? Like, you end up fat and bald, and she ends up self-reliant. Yeah. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She doesn't need him anymore, and honestly, who does? Like you said, like, he got hit hard with middle age. (laughs) He did, that man. (laughs) And he doesn't deserve her forgiveness either. He lost that right when he ran away with, like, a coward from her and vanished from her life. Like, that scene when he's, like, trying to escape out the door. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And she's like, but but you're going to come back, right? (laughs) He's like, I know, it's hilarious. (laughs) Um, Sure, I feel bad about how his life ended, but like, (laughs) that was your own undoing, man. Oh, he deserved every freaking thing he got. But 
Moving Mm -hmm. on from our hatred of Morris. Well, actually, (laughs) more hatred of Morris to come. Uh, (laughs) What is Morris's construct of a marriage? Is he right? The quote that I'm going to pull out here is, yes, you are rich, you are free, you had nothing to gain. Is he right? No. (laughs) So Morris only sought marriage with Catherine for what he could gain from it. He comes right out and says it right there. Um, His sight was only set on what he could get from this, not how they could help each other or what they could Mm -hmm. do together. He mocks her for not marrying because she has a different view of marriage than himself. Marriage is not about what you can get out of it. I mean, don't get me wrong, a life with the one you love is pretty awesome, but it's not, but it's Mm -hmm. so much more than that. Like, it's not just about yourself. It's, you're a unit now. You have to think about, like, what are you going to do together? And I'm sure you would have more knowledge on this than I would. But (laughs) (laughs) My thing is, Morris, like I said before, he views marriage as an agreement. I'm going to sign this contract so you can benefit and I can benefit. And I think he honestly believed that she would benefit from them being together. Mm -hmm. He wasn't just like, I'm going to marry this girl. I'm going to kill her and get her money. I think he was like, I'm going to marry her. I'm going to provide her devotion. I really do believe he thought that, but I'm not really going to love her. I'm doing it for the money. Mm -hmm. He was going to gain money out of it. So it's ironic that the guy who could never successfully start a business believed that love was a business because he wasn't successful in that either so i was just like bro you need to actually feel real things (laughs) rather than just thinking of everything as something for you to gain from the world like feelings yes have freaking feelings that's what i was saying the whole time so next question what is Catherine's final decision and her ability to hold strong to it and live as a charitable woman say about her did she love morris You know, I think she did love Morris. I think it's inevitable to you can't you can't escape saying that she she had feelings for him because it pained her to hear about him later in Mm -hmm. life. Um, But I think what she was able to do, her final decision of saying no and cutting him out, I think it speaks to her hold firm character. She's had that character for quite some time, but it was allowed to leave just being inside of her. And it was more of like something she was able to do once Morris treated her that way and she became self-reliant i think she chose freedom she chose to live alone she chose to live a life that wasn't just connected to someone who wanted her money which i highly highly admire she didn't just she didn't just succumb to loneliness after a situation like that i wouldn't want to marry either but she made it more it wasn't like a grudge it was more of a life miss a life mission than a grudge you know which i really value Mm -hmm. she she decided she was going to make something of herself and she didn't have to go very far she lived humbly and Washington right. Square. She didn't really spend any of her money. She just did good things. And I think that's a really valuable thing. And it's really empowering to see that. I mean, obviously, when you find true love, you know, keep it. But this was not true love. And I think that I think Catherine realized that she was really hurt from it and wouldn't be able to give herself properly to someone else because of it. So I think that she made the most of what her situation was. And I think she just she did really well. I mean, she she I respect her so much. If you couldn't freaking tell, I love this girl. <laughs> what do you think, Devin? So I think this girl is so strong. Um, she faces so much oppression in her life from her father and from mm-hmm. Morris that you hate to see her go through it all. 
Um, you yeah, have yeah. to applaud her in the end when she makes that final decision to reject Morris once and for all. She makes something of her life, despite all of the doubt from her father. Her life has meaning when no one else saw anything worth seeing. I absolutely think that there was a time that she loved Morris. So, and I think it came in flux. Like, I think that she had moments of love and then she would come in and out of it. Um, because I, th- I also think that she grew more in love with the, with the idea of being in love and feeling loved than actually loving Morris himself. Um, she, mm-hmm. cause it, like I said, she, this was a new feeling for her. She's never felt loved before by anyone. Um, so Morris is the first person to appreciate her, quote unquote, appreciate her for who she is. Yeah. So she gets that feeling. She she's bubbly and she's excited. Um, so I think she loved Morris, yes, but I think she was yeah. more in love with the idea of being in love and feeling love. I agree. Um, I agree. If that makes sense at all for those listening, I think it does. <laughs> I think it really does. Um, but next question. Mm-hmm. Would Catherine have been held back by Morris? And I have some real thoughts on this. Oh, I'm ready for it. But um, first, (laughs) I definitely think so. Um, I think they would have lived a life, lived a happy life. Sure. Um, Lived a life of pleasure and fun. Yeah, absolutely. But she wouldn't have been truly happy with the choice she made. Uh, Catherine was much freer and living a more fuller life years after Morris's departure. He cracked her shell, or cocoon, if you will, and unleashed the yep. butterfly within. Morris was nothing more than a lying scumbag, and I hated Boo. I hated doubting my dislike for him at the very beginning when I thought he was more sincere. Um, like more not thinking about it more, I'm just like, ah, why did I even th- why did I even think that he was a nice person in the first place? <laughs> Anyways, but I, I'm. eagerly awaiting to hear your response to this question so please well of course she would have been held back by that dude i mean i really feel like living with morris would have been exactly the same as living with her father you know how she just like sought to please him all the time and she was afraid of him i feel like she would have become she would have become afraid that morris would not love her as much as she loved him or that he would run away i feel like she would have become like her aunt lavinia if she was with him she would have become this stifled person who eventually would have tried to to break free of it and become more impassioned or she would have either that or shut down and and oh Morris would have probably had a bunch of affairs or oh worse yet, who knows what this dude would have done for her money. I mean, if if her dad didn't change his will in time, mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent certain or anything like this. He might have killed the father. I don't I, know. I was I don't definitely trust this expecting guy. him when he's like, Maybe it's not in his will. Maybe I'll just like knock him off. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, bro. Oh, man. I do not trust this man. So I honestly believe that Catherine would not have been able to become the woman that no, she was. No, but I do agree in the sense him. that she would have she would have became her aunt. Yes. And still had to like live under her father at the same time. Like she she would have I agree. I think that I think she would have become both of the, not both of them. Um, she would make both of the terrible correct people. like both the par- the terrible parts of her life i i do agree um wow scary to think scary to think but she didn't she's strong yeah that, go so. Catherine. yes the one Catherine that i can appreciate yeah right <laughs> 
So in our final question, we have, as always, do we ship it? Bruh, no. There's no way to <laughs> no. ship this. Although, if if we are asking, do we ship Catherine alone as an old oh, maid? Oh, I know, I know Hell you Hell yes, would. I ship yeah, that. I Hell yes, I ship that. I appreciate what she is doing in her life and that she stood up against these terrible people. Um, but I don't ship her and Morris. Morris can go jump into a pit I, of fire. I know you I have, do not I know care you have love for Catherine, name. but I don't fully support all of Catherine. I mean, there's some part like like I said, like I said, there's great moments of her, but I don't fully support Definitely. all of her. Um, but why not she's so true I just felt like she was a boring person at the beginning <laughs> I just couldn't get into her. Oh I couldn't God. get into her at the very beginning because I always boring people are some of the best people negative, Devin. all I was hearing was negative things about her so like I constructed a negative viewpoint of her at first that's true the narrator was making you buy yeah, it so um, but no to, to answer the question hard pass no thank you um, you skip <laughs> You skip go, no money collected. I I don't think that this would have worked out at all. Screw this couple, bro. All right. All right. Well, after that, you guys know how we feel about it. Um, Now we got to talk about how some other people feel about it. So our first comment is from Margaret. Margaret writes, Washington Square really annoyed me. But I also really appreciated the ending when I read it in college. For one thing, Dr. Sloper is the worst and never has faith in Catherine. And Lavinia is crazy, too. I wonder if Catherine would have done better living with her other aunt or if she lived with someone who wasn't overdramatic or always mischaracterizing her. Either way... I think it's clear Morris was a gold digger, <laughs> and I'm very glad Catherine made the choice she did. Morris would not have been digger. good for her. <laughs> she ends up living life to its fullest, and so I can officially say that I support her decision and do not ship these two. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Margaret. Thank I mean, you, I think Margaret. we're going to get a resounding agreement I, I, from most of most our likely. commenters, but that was very interesting. I think maybe if Catherine did go to live with Aunt Almond, that, or whatever the hell her name was, Mrs. Almond, she might have been better off. That that woman at least appreciated her no i agree and our second comment comes from chris so chris writes my main thing here is that Catherine was never respected by anyone i can't even really get into whether or not i ship her and morris because i think this is more a story about Catherine's growth into a strong person and her own mind um she finally rejects her weird father and aunt calls them out and then says no to the guy she is super fond of that takes guts and guts are something Catherine really didn't have in the beginning of the story so i really don't think this is a love story so much as it is a coming of age novel or like some kind of story about personal development loads of respect for Catherine. love that yes can't agree more man <laughs> i know as stephanie is really excited about that comment yes <laughs> and now as you've all been waiting for the announcement of our next episode yeah so sorry to say but we went a bit out of order we did, with her recording sorry about that, guys. and so for real this for time realsies. our next episode will be the crucible like it was supposed to be this week haha <laughs> don't judge us we're just <laughs> here having fun um but john proctor and all the ladies that dote on him abby mainly that is our next discussion and i can't dun, wait done done uh, yeah. So I'm excited for that. We hope you tune in. Thank you all so much for giving us a listen. If you're enjoying the podcast, 
please follow us on social media or leave a review. We would love to see how you all like it so far. Yes, and don't forget, if you'd ever like to join as a guest reader or send in comments, do it. we always love to hear what everyone has Absolutely. to say. So email us at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com or find our forum on our website at www.weshipitpodcast.wixsite.com slash we ship it. We love you guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Yes, we'll see you again next week. Enjoy your week for life, as it were. <laughs>